Welcome to Crest in partnership with Elusive. Producer Dodd here, about to push record on a summer holiday bonus episode. As regular listeners will know, I was supposed to be on leave prior to recording the epic Greg Owen episode in September. However, since the last episode, we came across the unexpected chance to chat to none other than Brad Gerlach. So the boys called me back from the poker tables of Aruba to put together this episode, and here we have it. Among other things, Tom and Rana discussed Brad's new coaching program, WaveKey, and as a summer treat for Crest listeners, Brad has been kind enough to offer a 10% discount code if you subscribe to WaveKey via Crest. Details of the discount code are included at the end of this episode. So, with no further ado, we give you Brad Gerlach. back on the international guests this time and they don't get much bigger than this. Besides a competitive career that saw him atop of the ASP ratings at one point and a reputation for world-leading big wave charging, Brad Gerlach is one of the best analytical minds when it comes to the science of surfing. We'll be picking his brains on everything from trivia to technique, so stay tuned. It's the Gur. He's here in our virtual studio. Welcome to Crest in partnership with Elusive, Brad. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, I've got to start by sounding like a proper fan here, right? Um, so I, I've got to say thanks for, for doing me a, a real surfing favour, which I'm sure you've got no idea about whatsoever. Um, I bought a, a used Doc Lausch board of yours, a surf prescriptions board, in, in the year 2000 from Gig Celia's shop on, the, on New Pier uh, in Durban. And, uh, and it was an absolute revelation. Uh, it, it was this board with real super boxy rails. I think it was a 6.3. Um, yellow Surf Prescriptions logo on it and like a single black pin line around it. Um, and, uh, and it led me to then read up on why this board, why I love this board so much. That, and it said that you and Doc Lau had been working on this idea of the boxy rails together. The idea being that the rails were so buoyant that they kind of like bounce out of turns and make flow and speed more of a thing. Uh, and I was blown away by the board, but then um, I broke it after only like a week. Um, and then I got Spider Murphy to copy it. And then that broke. And then when I came back to, to the UK, I got Luke Young, a shaper from, uh, from Plymouth, to copy it. And that pretty much fed into what I rode for like nearly a decade until the black box, etc., kind of cottoned onto the idea of more modern shaping advances caught up. Do you remember those boards? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The idea was exactly what you said was that, you know, all the, I mean, all the surfing, I mean, even the surfing, the surfing we watched yesterday in the Olympics, it's all done on the rail. And so yeah. the idea was to thicken up the rail so that the rail could uh, have the buoyancy and then take out the thickness in the middle so that the surfboard could flex. So you, you, you're always playing with these flex patterns of the surfboard based on your weight. And if your board flexes just right and then snaps back to its original position or original shape, I would say, while you've released it, while it's while you, you put the pressure into it, you weight it, it bends a certain just just right so that so that it creates a little bit more rocker. And then as you release your weight off of, off of the surfboard and propel it forward, it snaps back into its original shape. And that's what gives it this snap um, um, uh, 
flex. Um, it gives it this property of aliveness, you know, and when, when yeah. you obviously liked that first board, otherwise you wouldn't have had it copied. So you, you had this feeling that it felt alive. And that's, that's what I, you know, surf, surfers are searching for all the time uh, are that feeling of what's, you know, what's in a magic board and, and what does it do? And I've been fortunate enough to work with, you know, goes all the way back to working with Gary Linden and, and then, you know, through to uh, Ben Iba and Pat Ross and, and Murray Burton and man, I, you know, I, Xanadu is incredible. Uh, I, I just worked with so many shapers. I've spent time with George Carino. I, I've asked shapers mm -hmm. lots of questions and just so much, a lot of questions about, uh, about flex, about, um, about high performance. How can I make my surfboard do what I want? Cause I want to fly over there and I want to fly over there and I want to avoid getting hit by that. And I want to yeah. whale that thing. And I want to, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. And, and uh, my, my other big fan call out, uh, I got to thank you for is a little bit more silly because uh, my mates and I, when we were kids, we spent hours trying to copy that uh, catamaran to Portugal scene that you did from the Taylor Steele movie Focus. A friend of mine, uh, Duma Davies, who's a big fan of the show, uh, uh, and, and Rid Lewis, we'd, we'd be going down the hill nearby here uh, when, when you and Donovan Frankenreiter tried to sort of sit tandem on two skateboards and then you fall in a ditch in flares. Do you remember doing that? I do, and um, I hear um, I hear the oven. Just hang on a second, because I think my wife went outside. I just got to... <laughs> there we go. Right, right, right. I was just quickly watching Focus on his uh, on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah of course I remember that. I was what, see. We used to do that. We used to do the catamaran stuff in the seventies when we were little, when we were you know twelve, thirteen years old, and we used to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Encinitas, Lacadia area, where there was lots of skateboarding influence from Logan Ersky and Greg Weaver and Bain, and just it was a skateboarding, you know, you know, haven in San Diego in the '70s. So uh, we learned we learned that 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 catamaran move, and then when we when Donovan and I um, were on that trip, and um, we were in Portugal, and we were driving to Spain. We're like, hey, let's try this. Let's let's go over this. Let's let's go over the border doing a catamaran, you know. And and yeah, well, yeah. We kind of um, we kind of uh, didn't really think about much other than we're just having a lot of fun, you know. And a lot of people like it looked that way. Yeah, yeah it was fun. We, we had yeah. a lot of, I mean, a lot of fun. Like just mainly what I remember is a lot of laughs. And if we weren't surfing, we were trying yeah. to figure out a way to to, to do something funny. You know, <laughs> and uh, and that was uh, that wasn't even for Taylor's movie. I somehow that ended up in Taylor's thing, and I think it's is it in the credits or something like that. Um, yeah, it's at the end. Yeah, it's, it's at the end. It wasn't Taylor Steele film. The only there. way I could get myself into Taylor Steele film because they were. <laughs> I was outside. The yeah. Bracket. You know what I mean? Until later. Until later. Yeah. Like, um, until Loose Change came around, and then I. Sort of. Oh, you had an acting role in Loose Change, didn't you? I remember. Yeah, I made, I made my way in there on that one, but yeah. I think you were a car mechanic, weren't you? I was a car <laughs> mechanic, yeah, yeah. I was actually in this one, one yeah. of his first ones called One Step Beyond, but I didn't even know I was in it. <laughs> yeah, I was no one way. of those, but um, 
Yeah, I think those Taylor Steele's Poor Specimen uh, movies were really iconic. I think uh, Momentum had to be my favourite of all, all all time, I think, of that actual period. But, the thing uh, I love so much about it, and, I, and even today, is sometimes, you know, coming off the 70s, all the surf movies were around watching surfers surf just beautiful waves, Pipeline, uh, yeah. you know, Hawaii or, you know, perfect Australia and South Africa, you know, just Jay Bay and like everything was just perfect waves. And then when Taylor Steele started putting his stuff out there, he was filming the guys in these onshore-ish, you know, not so yeah. incredible looking waves, but they were performing really well on them. And it's, yeah. to me, even today, like when people complain about the waves being really bad, I, I don't mind it. I actually... I actually like seeing people serve sandy bad waves because I want to see, I can see how much talent they have or where they, or where they're lacking. And I, I want to, I want to see I love like three to five foot on shores type of waves. I feel like those are the most, yeah. ri- those are the most ripple that, that ones, was, you know, that was what, everyone here has been saying about the olympics is it was like for us in in wales basically we were watching like italo ferrer and carissa moore tear into our local yeah. break yeah 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 for sure i like i liked it i like the randomness of it i like the i like the bumps and the lumps and and the and the way and yeah. i i i'm familiar with those waves because that's how the waves were when i went to japan because when we went there a few times there'd be a, a typhoon and they'd do the same exact thing, same watercolor, just, you know, this yeah. cross shore wind, you know, um, we just weren't doing aerials, you know, then, and man, some of those aerials those guys were doing yesterday, I, I mean, they're just like, especially in those like airs, they're just, they're so insanely gravity and anti-gravity defying incredible <laughs> stuff. My knees, uh, yeah, your knees sort of feel as if they're going to break when you're watching the, when he lands in the flats there. Yeah, well, when he lands in the flats wrong, that's when it looks like it hurts. Yeah, when he, when he lands yeah. right, it looks it looks like it's just a touchdown. It looks effortless. Yeah, yeah. But when he lands with his front foot uh, down, which is what I, I did a little bit of a commentary thing yesterday, and yeah, you know, I just when he when he landed down with the front foot. You, you, nobody can nobody can recover from that it, it just it's like it'd be like landing a plane you can take the most talented you know pilot and let, have them land yeah. the, the plane on the front wheel rather than the back wheels so that's ooh, that's, yeah that's gonna be difficult you know um just a quick one there brad i've uh tom spoke about uh like a little fan moment earlier but uh, i actually had one of my own actually um you actually inspired me to get a jet ski um i actually saw there was the that photo of you uh at jaws doing like that really solid hack um i think mike parsons had towed you into it uh and i think the board you were on was unbelievable at the time it was on like it was a 6-4 but i like i didn't actually go on to, i gotta be honest to go and surf any massive waves but it certainly opened my eyes to a world outside of like surf competition because i was doing a lot of surf competition at the time but uh I, i'm not sure do you remember that shot do you remember like, and just below you you're doing a huge hack and just below you, you can see like a huge boil underneath you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that 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 particular wave. So jaws, jaws are so bumpy and stuff like that. That this was like a a wave after a set or something. You know, like I mean, it's still a large wave. I don't know how. I don't really know what how you measure it or whatever. But uh, thirty foot or whatever. But 
it was yeah. a smooth one. And so when it was with, with it being smooth, I could, I could, you know, I wasn't at the mercy of the bumps and stuff like that. I could just, I could cut into it with the confidence that I wasn't going to skip out or hit a bump in the middle of the thing. And I, I could put my, uh, my energy and, and, and leverage into the turn. And it, it, that was kind of a bit of a dream, like a dream come true, because that's what I look for all my life. I've been looking to go as fast as I could possibly go and then do the biggest, you know, gouge I could, I could do, you know, and I, for me, Richard Graham was like my hero and I, I just, I loved power surfing and all that. So I, so here I was on the six, four on the 30 foot wave with it. There's no chance, no real chance of where I was going to skip out and I could just give it everything I got, you know, it's, it's, it's really quite a, quite a, quite a, a memorable time. I, I can imagine. And it must've felt incredible as well, but, um, before we go on, Brad, um, I just need to give our listeners an up-to-date edition of your CV, actually, besides most of our listeners already know anyway. But Brad is a big wave pioneer. He's a former world number one. He's a WCT top five competitor across several seasons and runner-up to Damien Hardman for the world title itself in 1991. Brad is also pretty much a professor of all things to do with surf technique and has recently launched the groundbreaking WaveKey program. We'll be asking Brad all about WaveKey and its inception a little later in the show, as well as hearing from a top Welsh surfer who has come to completely swear by the program. So I suppose it's partly as a surf coach that we chat to Brad today, and it's in that role, as well as commentating occasionally to renowned acclaim, that he has been able to witness generations of key moments in world tour surfing. So, Brad, should we start there? I guess you've been in or around some of the most amazing turning points in the history of surf. So, are there any really which stand out to you particularly? Oh uh, well, I'd have to say when Kelly when Kelly came on, um, that was I, I suppose even before Kelly when Tommy when Tommy started uh, his his career, uh, it was incredible for me to see because I was. I'm younger than Tom and I it was in a different division than Tom uh, in the amateur rank. So I never really surfed again. I, I didn't serve against him as an amateur. He was just a little bit older and then he turned pro before I did. And then he just started doing really, he just started winning and he started and prior to Tom, there was only Joey Brand really there uh, and uh, from the mainland um, and so Tom just started doing really well, started winning, and started. It, it became like that thing where I was like, "Wow, you know." And then it was like, "He's he's not. He's actually better than he's 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 better than everybody else." And then Aki came along, and he was like, "Well, wait a second. Aki might be better than Tommy." And um and those two were so fun to watch, and mm. they were very inspirational. Both you could see that they were taking things from each other. And I felt lucky to be, you know, there every morning of warmups, you know, like before the contest and, you know, and during in and around the contest when we showed up and, you know, and then watching the competitions and watching Tommy surf and, and Aki surf. And that, that, that was, that was a really incredible time. And, and then, and then Kelly, Kelly came on and, and when Kelly came on, I was so excited about Kelly because he could, he could surf so radical and, uh, and I, 
a lot of the surfing was very mechanical and even Tommy had quit. Um, and Aki was, was, had quit and they were kind of, Aki was going off into doing some filming and, and I was a bit jealous of that. I was like, Oh, look how good those waves are. And we're, we're surfing these crappy waves. Yeah. And then Tom Curran moved to France and it was like, well, where is he? Cause he was the guy we all, you know, sort of like, all right, he's the benchmark. So and Kelly came on, I was like, oh, cool, man. Somebody who's just like really good. And, and, you know, and, but then I ended up quitting, uh, just because I just needed him. Yeah. That's a whole other story, but I just needed to grow as a person and get out. And I get out. I wanted to go surf those really good waves. I wanted to do other things, but, um, mm-hmm. and you know, it was insane to watch Kelly dominate so much, you know, I, I think that was, that was the thing. And, and then I guess the next thing, that really was eye-opening was the big wave stuff and people I couldn't believe I saw this one picture of Peter Mel on a wave at Mavericks that looked like it didn't just look like double the size of the biggest wave I've ever seen it looked like four times the size of the biggest wave I've ever seen I was like he's on that thing <laughs> mm. I've never seen the picture and in fact that was a time when I was not surfing a whole lot and I was interested in playing music and just doing other things and I, I need a break from serving since all I did uh, from when I was young. So at that point I was smoking a bit of cigarettes and like, I was just like, who cares? You know, like I just want to be a surfer for fun and I want to play music yeah. and just do art and whatever. I remember seeing the photo of Pete Malcolm. I will never do that. <laughs> I just, I looked at it. I was like, Oh my God, what if you fell right there? Like my whole, it was so weird for me yeah. to see that picture thinking, there's not a chance I would ever do that. That doesn't look fun at all. <laughs> Fast forward, and I, here I am on the biggest waves in the world, you know, riding them. It's just like crazy, you know. And um, towing in on those on those big waves out of Cortez Mag was like that. I think that was a big. I think that was a big eye opener for like what surfing, you know, what was capable. A lot of people dreamed of it. You're like we you know, well, what if you could ride way over there? You know, how would you even catch the wave, you know? And then by getting in on, on, yeah. on a, on a, by being towed by a jet ski, you're now, I mean, the board I rode at Cortez Bank was, was a, 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 a Lausch, a, a, a dock Lausch. And it was that same theory of the, the of the flat deck. And, um, I have, I have the board here. Um, it, but it was seven foot two um you know 16 and three quarter inches wide so you know like to to me that was a small board for a a 60 plus foot web you know like i'm like oh well my board felt so exceptionally good on that very first day at cortez which is which was january 19th 2001 and then i'd say you know like you know watching the sort of like you know the the progression of the sport going more and more, the you know, going more and more into the air and um, and going towards those incredible waves. Some of those incredible sort of competitions in Fiji and and also in Chobu, you know, and Jeffrey's Bay. Those things weren't on the tour when 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 I was there. Only it was only oh, pipeline, yeah, yeah. you know. And so, yeah. you know, in a way, it's like, well, I really wish I I, I was doing the tour when the waves were at those contests, you know? Um, and just, yeah. you know, the other thing is, is you watch a lot of the, uh, you see how the surfboards have changed 
so much because of the of the computer being able to shape and design on the computer and change every tiny, every little nuanced thing. And the thing that I learned that was so crazy was that Xanadu used to, he measures his surfboards the way that the computer guy was, that the first computer guy that came in um, measures them. So what I learned was that, because Xanadu used to tell me all the time, he's like, he's like, don't, don't show people my board. Like, don't keep it in a board bag. And I'm like, really, I was kind of like, really? Like, I'm so stoked on him. Like, I got to be that guy. I can't live my board. I kind of, I was like, fuck, you know, he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And yeah. people will, they'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. And, um, uh, uh, he, I learned way later cause I was listening to a podcast. Um, and I'm still friends with Xanadu, but that basically the guy from that first came in with a computer shaping program and everybody, sort of rubbed every, all the shapers wrong and said that they don't know how to measure a surfboard. Like, you don't even know how to do it, is what he said. And so they were all like, oh, this guy's kind of an asshole, you know? And, but Xanadu was like, that's the way I do it, shit. You know, in a way, like, mm. uh, so he got, you know, so I think that's why Xanadu was so far ahead. My, I felt like my surfboards in 91, 1991, were like just really advanced. And so that's why a lot of people mm. ended up getting them off of him because he, he he's such a genius. But um, I, I think with you know seeing, um, I, I think with seeing like the technical like how how surfers are have improved with all the videos and to be able to rewatch the video and watch yourself and um, you know all of that that's been a huge uh, influence on 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 surfers. And, um, and then, yeah, I think the Brazilian guys and girls, well, mainly I'd say more the guys, they are just, uh, they're, they've got this great combination of incredible passion, a little bit of an infor- mm. inferiority thing. Like, you know, what you guys, you know, you guys don't think we're good, which is what, which is the way I felt yeah. when I first started competing and uh, as an American, cause I was Australians and, um, Hawaiians and um, South Africans and Californians were like, man, you know, except for yeah, Tommy. But so everybody's like, well, Tommy's the only one that's good. Nobody else. And I, I had like a very much of like, yeah. fuck you. I'm coming to, to I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm, I'm going to beat everybody. And so when I see the, with the Brazilians, I can see that they have that same and, and with respect, yeah. but like they have that passion that what they have, more than what I'd say, uh, you know, we, we had with California was they have a lot of support. So they have a lot of, su- they have a supportive surfing community that helps their athletes. Yeah. They help each other. And then they also have, they have, they, they grow up dancing. They dance. They, 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 they're not ashamed of dancing, you know, where the Western world's a little like, Oh, Hey, Oh, like this. They're just like dancing. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And dancing is cool in Brazil and you dance. And, um, and you play soccer, you, play, you do stuff at the beach, you know, like there's a big, yeah. there's, there's a lot of advantage. And, um, and then, yeah, I think that the way the, their waves are too, are they've got a lot of backwash. They've got a lot of hard, sort of harder waves to ride Yeah. that when they get on a wave, that's not so hard. It's, it's, it's easy for them. Or if they get into a situation like yesterday in the, in, in the Olympics, they're like, Oh, this is kind of like an, I was talking with Tom Carroll yesterday and he said he thought it looked like an overgrown, 
it looked like a little bit bigger version of where it alone lives. So you, yeah, 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 it does, yeah. you'd be like, oh, this is just like home. Watercolor almost the same. Mm-hmm. It's all these bumps. He wasn't affected by bumps and all that. It was it was really awesome to watch. So I, I'd say yeah. with all that, you know, just watching all that and see the thing I, I the thing is is that for the last 12, 12 years, 12 years, 15 years, maybe, maybe almost almost 20 now. I it's hard to say when I started. Um, but I've been studying as a job, I've been just studying surfing. So that's my like, that's what I do. I just watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. And I and I watch with the um, I've got a lot of reference to to compare from uh from yeah. the early years of the very best surfing of you know Aki and Richard Cram and Tom Curran and dude, there's the, the there's so the Archibald, there's so many pots, there's so many good surfers that I watch live right in front of my face that I can compare to. And then I have all the all all the, the latest technology of being able to slow things down frame by frame without my VHS going <laughs> like this is what I used to do. Yeah. I've got my dad's background yeah. of the diving and and the technicality and diving as well as the um, as well as there's more than just the technicality. It's the same in surfing. You can be technical. Kind of like it's probably like music, right? You, 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 the UK is amazing for music. You can have people that can sing really well karaoke style, and then you have somebody who has that special, that special thing. That's the same as something you have. Somebody yeah. it has that special thing. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's actually perfectly imperfect. And so that yeah. kind of that kind of stuff is what I look for. I know how to. I know how to. I know how to help somebody like find their potential you know how to bring it out because my dad did it for me um, my dad didn't surf but fell in love with surfing had the background of diving and then i studied a lot with martial arts uh teachers that are can you know martial arts is thousands of years old so they they've 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 finet they've, they've uh cut out the fat so to speak They've got the most efficient way to punch, the most efficient way to avoid the way to do all these things. So they're 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 looking at the power coming from the ground, the gravity, the force, all that kind of stuff. So I, I mix all that stuff together, and I I found that because of my ADHD or ADD or whatever, I I found I have the ability to completely block everything out, and I can look at somebody in such a way I can see it three dimensionally, and I can just go. Oh, I know what they need to do to improve. And from learning how to teach, I I know how to teach it in like baby steps so that they, so people don't get overwhelmed. So it actually doesn't, it doesn't mess with your surf. Like, because surfing is one of those things that's a little bit, it's like a release. Like you go surfing, just relax and feel good and do all stuff, you know, but if you're out there working on getting better and stuff like that, are you, the question is, are you, are you, are you are you having as much fun? And if you aren't, then you know, like, so mm-hmm. there's this really delicate way of being able to um, help people improve. And if they even improve like that much, they go, well, if I improve that much, maybe I could improve that much again. And then you add those up over a time, and you're like, I've actually improved this much, you know. And all mm-hmm. it is is about your excitement for surfing. If you excited. That's that's a uh, that's a win. 
So you asked me to go through it. I guess I went through the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's amazing. (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah. We're we're gonna um, be asking you some questions about the you know the formation of uh, of Wavekey and where the idea came from shortly, and I can see there when you're talking about you know martial arts and that. So it's going to be really interesting to hear what you've got to say about that. Um, as as we did uh, in the past when we interviewed a, a character Splinter Griffiths, a local character here who'd been interviewed previously by the Bodyboard Podcast. What we're gonna do moving forward here is we're gonna we're gonna um, leave the kind of biographical stuff with Brad and recommend. Um, for that purpose, our good friend Ads Lysen's show, because you, you had a good chat with Ads, didn't you, the Grumpy Surfer? And in that, Brad goes through um, some of the amazing stories about how he took up surfing, you know, the tale of the borrowed board that you picked up on the beach at Lucada, uh, and then the rise to the world right. tour. Um, and, and there's pretty much two two excellent hours of that stuff uh, on Ads's podcast. Um, so we're going to assume we can get that there, and then that's going to allow us to stay on on the proper nitty gritty stuff, which is where we are already, you know, when we're talking about style and things like that. Um, and it was really interesting to hear your comments just then, Brad, about the um, Brazilians. Um, you know, as a as a um, a writer and somebody who spends a lot of time thinking carefully about language, I've always found it fascinating watching the the world tour and watching the language used to describe. Brazilian surface. So, for example, um, Felipe Toledo uh, uh, or, or Gabriel Medina, in particular, are described by commentators as dangerous, um, and we never hear Kelly Slater described as dangerous. And I always, I've always wondered, you know, what what is that danger? Is it like the, you know, this guy poses the danger of like us all going home at the end of the day with the wrong guy having won or something like that? Because you know, they never say Kelly is dangerous, as if like oh, Kelly winning his heat, that's not a danger. That's a thing that's that's kind of in the script already. So it's really interesting to hear you link that to Tom Curran, you know, and saying that like you had this feeling that that you were all sitting on this kind of like pre-planned little circus where it's all designed for Curran to sort of collect all the praise and all that. And that you saw yourself as that spoiler, you know, you're, you were the guy that was dangerous, you know, you were the danger of the day going wrong and the wrong guy winning and, and taking it all away from, from, from Tom Curran. And I, I just, I, I see those kind of connections. And I think to that end, uh, it's really interesting then to maybe move on and talk about both Curran and to talk about style there and to talk about what, what we saw in the Olympics because um, the, the, I thought it was amazing that the Olympic final itself was actually won in the men's without any years. It was, it was it, Italo Ferreira did win it entirely on the rail. Um, and talking about style, now I don't know if you remember uh, this one, but there was a surf movie, uh, a 90s surf movie called Style Equals Shred Plus Soul. Um, with with Boo Laya saying that uh, the 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 very the, the conclusion of the movie was Gerlach got the soul, Collins got the shred, and Curran get the style, yeah. Um, and and I'm just wondering if you think that that style in modern surfing is still something that that remains the absolute paramount, you know. And 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 to see that you know one of the things the Brazilians have very much now acquired is style you know i think that, that that they used to catch catch a lot of flack you know the guys that you were against you know you you victor rebas Guilherme hurdy you know some of those guys you know they they were very efficient point scoring machines but now we have kind of style thrown into the mix and and do you think that's been a game changer i think that um the one thing both italo and tom Curran have in common is they don't lean over so i that's a that that's a they're both shorter, so it's easier for a shorter person not to lean over. 
But I think that that is one of the that's one of the things technical things that if you can learn to serve and you can serve without leaning over your control, you're going to have a lot more control. And then when you have a lot more control, your timing is going to be better. When your timing's better, you do things with less force. When you do things with less force, you let the wave uh, give you the power. You're able to express yourself. Now, in the case of someone like Dan Reynolds, for instance, he's got great technique. But he purposely, in between his turns, looks like he tries to make it ugly, almost like an artistic way of like, but whenever he does his turns, he simply cannot make his turns look ugly. Um, and so it's this very interesting, like anti, anti, anti style kind of anti, it's a very, it's a very cool, I, th I think it's a very cool uh, presentation. You know, so it's a style within itself, you know, and I think that style is is the ultimate because style is is the individuality. Style is what you is what you resonate to and say, well, you know, I hate the way Gerlach serves. So, you know, I don't care if he can do a good cutback. I hate that finger thing he does, you know, which I, you know, I, I agree with him. I don't like that part, too. But like the. Um, I think that the style part of it is really will will never will never be like passe or otherwise it'll just it goes towards gymnastics and serving is much deeper and and a much more of an artful much more artful than gymnastics. Uh, gymnastics has lots of things that's exciting to watch, but you know pretty much not nowhere near as exciting and as unpredictable as surfing. So. Um, you know, I think that that's really the style thing is the style things is the thing that lasts, you know, so when you mm -hmm. don't have your spectacularness anymore and, but you're still stylish because you're so effortless. I mean, like I served with Skip Fry when he was like 60 or whatever, and I was 27 and I was just like, man, the guy's like blowing me out of the water with style. He's like way, <laughs> way, way more stylish than me. But I was like, cool. That's something for me to shoot for. You know, I move on mm. with that effortlessly and that calmly and that, you know, like us, I was just, uh, I was great, you know, so I, I don't know if that sort of answers the question there. I mean, you were saying something about dangerous, yeah. but I mean, I think what they mean by dangerous is that when you can get a score on a closeout uh, of eight points and more on a closeout, that makes you a dangerous competitor. And yeah. I could do... I could blow my fins around backwards at will. So whenever I got in trouble into a heat, I would just go towards serving really ra extra radical. And then I would get the score. If I was serving against somebody that was more of a tactician and not so not, not, not as much of a talented server, but more of a competitive server. So I, I think that that's, that's where the danger comes from. I think Kelly Slater is completely dangerous. Like he, at any given moment, the guy could get a score. So uh, that, that, mm -hmm. and Tom Curran was the same. You just could never leave him alone. You could never, you had to pay attention. You had to try to be there and predict. So in some way, not let them catch a wave. And I don't mean by hassling, but just happening, just being there and being able to choose it instead of them choosing it. And, um, you know, that, there's a whole art to the wave catching part of it that is, you know, some people have such a good knack for it and, you know, others have, uh, 
I had a tougher time with it. I, I think it has to do with my ADD. I just got bored too fast and I started looking at other things that I got distracted and my bird would fly by and I would look at the, at the colors of the wings of the bird on the inside of the feather and go, fuck, that looks really cool. <laughs> Meanwhile, I should attention <laughs> and trying to win the heat. You know, it's just, I, I, if I if I knew that about myself back then, I, I would, I, you know, I probably would have maybe got some hypnosis or some, some kind of way to be like, Hey, look, yeah. you know, and I did actually work with a, a self, uh, a hypnosis person that, that did help me stay solely focused in on, on the waves. And anytime a distraction came, I was able to recognize it was a distraction, but that's a, that's a side story, but that also helps me in my teaching when I'm teaching people because each and every person that uh, student has something different um, and has some hidden talents and some, some, you know, some special things that, that, that make them them, you know? That's so cool. That's so cool. And Brad, like you talk, you talk about Tom Curran there quite wistfully, um, like and talk about his style. He's like, his, his style is timeless. And, uh, and uh, and of course his speed power and flow is just like on point even to this day when you watch him but i was just wondering what your thoughts are uh, nowadays on like the groms coming through is there an emphasis on like single explosive maneuvers do you think meaning surfers now think less about the idea of linking turns and and having that flow i think they do in a in a sense um but then again you know i can't that's a generalization so you've got like mm. A young, there's a young guy from here. His name's Oscar Langburn, I think. And he's just a fluid, good, stylish little surfer. It doesn't look like he's trying to, to do anything super spectacular. And it's more about the start to the finish of the way. There's another kid here that surfs really good. His name's Jai Glindeman. He's got great style. Uh, I think Taro Watanabe has an incredible style. And, and we, we, we work on the spaces in between we work on the on the finishing part of the turn that what 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 prior to the turn the the smoothness of how going from one turn to the other turn because not just because of, of how it looks but because it improves your timing when your timing's just really yeah. really good you can really relax and, and and express yourself and that's ultimately where you want to get is the point if you if expressing yourself is like I said about Dane, he's going down the line and he's going like, he's literally, you can see him going down the line and he's, he's like doing this kind of stuff that he doesn't watch the yeah. first chapter. He doesn't do that at all. He just goes oh, 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 like this, <laughs> but it's like, he's like, no, nah, that's, you know, I, I want to go the opposite direction. I don't want people calling me style guy. You know, I don't know what, whatever. He's an artistic cat. I, I dig his, I dig his whole thing. But, um, yeah. I think that the, I think that that's a spectacular isms or whatever of today, you know, is all you got social media, you got whatever, but, and people are doing flying in the air and do all that kind of stuff. But eventually it's, it, it's, it's going to be more sophisticated than just flying up in the air. Cause I mean, like some of that stuff you saw Italo do was just like, I mean, like first wave in the quarter or whatever, that thing was just Oh yeah, so insane, and mm. you're like, okay, so I'm gonna watch somebody else do one that's a little smaller than that, and not as it's it's kind of like next. But if somebody does something that's smaller than that, but looks super super beautiful or really stylish, yeah. something that you go, whoa, that was really cool, that was yeah. really effortless. That's where 
that's where serving is going, whether people like it or not, because that's practice, yeah. you know? That uh, wave you're talking about there, the first wave of the quarters, I kind of wonder whether that, in a way, was the wave that won in the Olympics because it was like the first 30 seconds of the heat, 9.7, and then it allowed him to have one heat off from that kind of catch-15 waves thing that he was doing, and he was able to just conserve his energy and just concentrate on backing it up with only like a half score from there, and then and then that perhaps was why he was able to break his board in the final and still get back out and you know and, and sort of keep it going and, and and not get tired so i do do wonder whether in terms of like moments that yeah. was a really key moment yeah well he had he had he had a tough semi and that's part of the reason why i thought he was going to win aside from he's the, he was more the favorite than kanoa but i didn't think he was going to have a bad heat in the final because what happened happened to me like like I would have a bad heat, but still get through. And sometimes that was a really yeah. good, um, that was a, I was like, Oh, I might win this contest. And, I, and, um, and that happened to me in my first kind of that terrible quarterfinal eight against Gwen Winton. And I ended up winning the contest, but it was it's sometimes if you can get through those bad heats, which is semifinal, he made a, a ton of mistakes. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, yeah, that, that kind of, that's yeah. I thought I thought he was gonna win because of that, you know? Yeah, interesting. That Glenn Winton, Mr. X, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, yeah. He lives not too far from here, and whenever I see him, he's such he's such a sweet guy. Like yeah, he's yeah. he's he's a kind of a special he's a special special guy. I don't know if you saw that um when he was in the um when they had that masters in Azores and he was saying, Man, he made me cry yeah. because he they interviewed him and he said something about like, I'm doing this for my mom, you know, and he, and he started to you could see that he just welled up with emotion. And I was, I was like, Oh my God, that was just, that was like, boom, hit you right in the heart. Like he's, 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 a, he's a cool cat. You, uh, you just mentioned Taro Watanabe as well. Uh, somebody who you've been working with and, and, uh, we checked him out on Instagram, you know, and you were talking about the, the, the sort of social media emphasis on, you know, someone doing a big blast or whatever. And then, and then they're sitting amongst all of that filler on Instagram is this guy who just puts complete rides together, you know, and, and exactly everything you're talking about here, you know, how you look in between turns, how you look going down the line, what you're doing with the arms. Um, it it, it kind of looks... I can see a lot of um, the, the surfing that you um, talk about, a lot of the surfing that you've done and a lot of the surfing that you foster on the WaveKey program in the way that Tara Watanabe, Watanabe surfs. And, you know, and I think well, we're going we're gonna to talk shortly about WaveKey. When you, when you look at how some of those WaveKey forms are put together, perhaps it's just because I've been looking at those the last week or two, but I was watching Taro surfing and, and, and I could see all of the things that you were that, that Wavekey talks about in the way that he was surfing. Well, he, yeah, he's just been doing it since he was a uh, since his eleventh birthday. So he's and when I started training him, then Wavekey was so much different than it is now. So he's a constantly changing, evolving uh, surfer, and um, it comes down to his experience in you know waves, a different. Getting, getting the opportunity to go surf a bunch of different types of waves, but with the foundation of understanding these extremely high level, they're, they're like high level concepts of how much, 
pressure is the right kind of pressure to get the most amount of speed on a wave, you know, like Huntington Beach that has, when it hits a flat spot, you know, and how, how do you do a turn in this flat spot without slowing down? And we go through it and there's, it's so, it's fascinating because I'm watching him as he's growing and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And he, there was a point there where he was starting to surf slower. And I was like, I'm like, how is that even possible? Cause we're, cause his timing so good and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, you know, and uh, he, he's getting stronger. He's getting physically stronger. So he himself is pressing into the board harder than the right kind of pressure because it feels good because because oh, okay, yeah. when you press into the water with, and he's got leverage because he's got the right technique so he's stronger so he's thinking okay i'll press harder so this is just in turn this is this is not something he would say to me or say to anybody and he wouldn't even notice but i see it and go oh you're pressing too hard right there because you think it feels good and 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 maybe it does feel good but it doesn't look good you're going slower here in this place. You have to have the sensitivity to know that if you press too hard right here, you're not going to accelerate. You're going to mm -hmm. decelerate. So you want to know as a surfer how to, to how to accelerate. And then you also want to know how to decelerate because you might be either going too fast to, and you want to slow down to get to you. You've misjudged something and you're going too fast and you need to decelerate to get back to the power. You need to know how to decelerate. But if you're in, unintentionally decelerating, which I'm seeing, I say 90, over 95%, maybe even 98% of all surfers that I see, pros all the way, they don't, they decelerate in some of their most spectacular turns and unintentionally. Yeah. And so the ex, and Kelly knows how to accelerate. Dane knows how to accelerate. They know, they know. And that's why you watch them and go, wow so much power uh you know so that this is the these types of conversation i'm just picking one out you know but like now take him he's at pipeline taro's at pipeline certain pipeline there's an excess of power how does yeah. he handle all that power and speed mm. and control how do you control the surfboard so you can do you can express yourself and you're not just at the mercy of this you know big you know i mean so much power so we just go through all those types of things. And um, I, I, I suppose, you know, like his, his style is his own. He, when, when I first started working with him, his arms are kind of out like this. And I, I, just, I, just, yeah. I, just love, I just love his own personal style. And all I do is make sure that he isn't, um, um, I mean, one of the major things too is leaning over, like I said. If I knew this yeah. when I was a pro, I would have been way more successful. And, I, and leaning over means using your head to go, like if you want to get on your toes, do a front side bottom turn or whatever. If your head goes over your, over your toes to do the bottom turn and you're, not good, and you're going too fast or you're going too slow, if you're going too fast, you're going to skip out. If you're going too slow, you're going to bog. So mm -hmm. you learn how to, you, if you learn without without having to think, oh, I got to keep my head over my board. You, you just learn that that you learn it through practicing wave key basically so that it becomes an easy 
being true yeah. thing. And this is why Italo yesterday, bumpy, lumpy, all these different types of things. The only time I saw him fall was when his head was not in the center. I could see it. And that would, that was just a barely, a, you know, he's just, I've, but I've seen Italo surf since he was 16 because he used to surf against Connor in the world juniors. So I've seen him serve. I've seen him progress. Like he's the he has the most improved server I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because he was he was um, he he had a couple of years on tour first of all where um, you certainly wouldn't have ascribed that dangerous tag to him, would you? And then all of a sudden now, you know, there's there's just um, yeah, an absolutely deadly competitor. There's, yeah, when he first when when he when I first saw him, both knees were pointing the opposite direction. His back arm was going like this, and and yeah. he and he he looked like he couldn't even really do a traditional turn. And and I was like, how is he one of the best? You know, I'm just in my mind, I'm just watching. Yeah. I want to watch every single. I, I'm really, I'm really aware of every single server. I watch who they are and yeah. I watch it and I'm going, how is he the best guy uh, or one of the best Brazilians to be here in Bali at the world juniors event? I'm like, huh? And then he went, Kunk! and he did this giant backside air and stuck it. And I thought, well, that's probably how he's getting through all his heats, you know, yeah. he's, yeah. he's airs, but good luck on turns. He's just going to be that guy. He's only going to be a specialist. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just, yeah. and I watched him more and more and more and realized he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't lean his body over in a turn, um, and uh, and and so that that's why he doesn't spin out. Or if he does spin out, he's so over the top of the board he can he can handle the mistake. Yeah. So, and this is the, this is the classic thing I saw with both Aki early Aki footage and Tom Curran and Michael Peterson. If you go back and Buttons K Buttons and Larry Bertelman. You know, you just keep going. You go, oh, oh, oh! I said, oh, that guy. Oh, that yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, no wonder. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cool. That's really interesting. Hey, Brad. Let's. Um, I'd love to get onto the topic now of WaveKey, and uh, and to start with, we're going to hear a short package from a standout Welsh surfer called Chris Fowler. Uh, he's formerly of Lantwit and now of the Gower. Um, he caught up with Tom to talk about his own experience of WaveKey and how it works for him and what it has done for his surfing. Yeah, so this is this is an example now then. When you've, when you've like, I've been doing this for a little bit, so you've got the front side tuberoid combination, yeah. which uh, means that when you do this routine, basically, it'll, it'll link up quite a few things. Yeah. But you can see how you go through the process. Yeah. You go into a bottom turn, into a top turn, yeah. and then into a combo, onto a cutback, and then some tuberoid. So, it, it's it's like a real good chance to take some training and you and and you're thinking of surfing the whole time so you start going through you know almost like um a tai chi style sort of routine but it's all really really sort of surf specific the real key thing is when you go through this it's not sur- it's not muscle memory it's it's awareness so and feeling and that's something he talks about all the time is that so when you actually go surfing you're not thinking my foot goes here i lean here i do this you're not I, since I've been surfing, I haven't thought of this while I'm surfing once. Yeah. It, and that's the real clever bit. Because I know when you get taught a lot of stuff, yeah, you end up with too much in your head and you're thinking, oh, should I be here? Should I be there? And none, none of that happens. It's a real subliminal thing. How, lo- how long ago did you start actually using it? Uh, literally six months to the day, pretty much. Right. 
And yeah, and I, and I know that because I've been logging. I've been logging what I do and when. Plus, plus it goes in modules, so you're kind of aware of where you are in it. Yeah, are, are you one of those guys who keeps a surf diary? I do, and I know Colin Bright your way does as well. Yeah, I wasn't, but because uh, of Jamie Bateman, who is probably a straight up Colin Bright disciple, as you know, yeah. he's always kept one. And because of the lockdown last year, I guess everyone was doing things slightly differently, so I started making one. Yeah. But what Bateman does is Bateman. He logs a surf, he'll log the swell, swell direction. He'll, he'll have the wave period so that next time he sees it, he goes to his diary, he finds what it was like last time, where he went. And he knows where to go. He, he's got the full-on thing. So. Yeah. So you, but you've kept a diary since you've been doing wave key then? Yeah, well, the main reason was because I knew I was starting it and from all the other kinds of training I've done, I've always done that. I've logged stuff. So I thought I'd log mm. it just to see how it worked. So I did that as a bit of a sort of, well, let's see what effect this is having. And if I log it, I can look back and say, okay, it just caught me at just the right time. And I was like, right, okay, let's see what it's about. And then you got results quite quickly from it. Yeah, and spookily quickly. So um, it's one of those things, and I'll probably go into this in a few things. It's not so much the standard of what I was doing. It was a feeling of understanding of what I was doing, which led to more enjoyment in what I was doing. But then eventually, yes, I noticed my standard had improved. Yeah, And I had, I had this brainwave one night that I've been coached to swim. I was coached with jujitsu. I have a yoga instructor. I have people that know the ins and outs of everything that for everything I've done in life, other than surfing. It's, it's, uh, I and never, surfing's ever, the most important I, thing to you. Yeah. I've been on boat trips and holidays with, you, you know, some of our friends. They're fantastic surfers. And I've never even once asked them anything. Yeah, I went, on, I went on a two-week boat trip to the Mentawis with Nathan Phillips, who at the time was one of the top pros in Britain, and I didn't ask him a single question about how you ride a barrel or how you, how you <laughs> surf. I just went surfing every day. I, didn't, yeah. I look back on that now and think I should have just picked his brains. How are you doing yeah. that? How are you, how are you threading? And yeah. It's so strange to think, but surfing's got that thing where you paddle out yeah. and you're on your own. You never share tips, and if you do pick something up, you don't tell someone else how you do it. It's just, yeah. So before we ask about wave key just to put it into context you're, you're being quite modest because um you know you are a, a pretty sharp surfer i suppose you're at the sharp end of welsh surfing at least you know you've you've got a couple of contest wins under your belt um i was trying to check it out in my uh, in my geeky book of knowledge i've got a toxic trophy going your way is it and i think it's either 99 or 2000 isn't it which is a you know with a big big contest in the late 90s to win that was took grego and then a few others down in a final didn't you yeah, it was well. It was it was actually, yeah. It was it was an it was the LBR Invitational, which was equally the same people in it. Yeah, and it was ninety nine or two thousand. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but then you know you've you've sort of you work a lot and you're not getting in the water as much, raising kids, all that kind of stuff, and 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 you feel as though that then kind of makes you very much the sort of person that something like WaveKey is suited towards, yeah. Definitely. And one of the one of the key sort of strap lines that you'll see in WaveKey is that it's a, it's a way of linking your surfs. So to, one, of the, one of the main messages is that, so if you, let's say, example, you go surfing on a Sunday and then you don't go surfing for 10 more days, by doing WaveKey every day, uh, it's, it's explained really well. Let's say you do 21 takeoff practices every day for 10 days. Yeah. When you go surfing on the 11th day, it's not the first takeoff you've done in 10 days it's it's your 211th because you've already done 210 yeah, okay. takeoffs so it's like it's like linking this surf to that surf 
so that when you eventually go back in, if you're taking breaks, yeah, your body and your mind has been going through the process of going surfing in the gap. And that's the phenomenal part. When I heard that, I was like, mm, it will, and it works. It, it 100% works in a really profound way. It's really clever. Well, one of the things I remember that made me aware that you were doing something special was the picture that you put on Instagram that somebody had taken. Um, and I've later found out that it was actually at Langland. And they've gone right out onto the um, next peninsula over and taken a shot back towards the beach. And you're, you're coming off the lip. We'll chuck it on our Instagram. And, uh, you know, everything looks in place for uh, for a man of your vintage, um, you know. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you were saying that, uh, that WaveKey was, you know, largely behind a kind of revolution in your style and your surfing fitness then. Well, it's, it's like you asked then, how quickly do I see results? Well, I, I started doing WaveKey for three days. I followed the the fundamentals part one and I did the um, takeoff practice, front side takeoff practice. And it so happened that after three days and in the next five days, there was really good swell at Langland, Sand Reef, and also Monk Nash. Now, anyone who surfs Sand Reef knows that's a really hard wave to surf, really technical takeoff. Mm. And I've always gone out there with a kind of win some, lose some, 50-50. You eat it on a few and you have a couple of good ones and you know that. And I had two sessions, two days in a row in Pumping Sand Reef, where I had the most confidence in my takeoff. And also, I was just dropping into waves well, I was, and I was just getting much, much better waves. Mm. And it was just really, really, let's say, transformational, the difference in such a short period of time. It was unreal. Yeah. So I, I sort of DM Brad on Instagram and left a message, and I was pretty hyper because I was coming back from the beach, and I was like, Brad, you're a legend, you're a, you're a, you're a wizard, I can't believe this program. And I was just yeah. like chirping down the phone really, really. And he just messaged me back and he was just like, yes, you, you're, you're what I want. That response is why I've done this program. And yeah. I kind of, I just rambled down the phone for about a minute and he just contacted me back and just wanted to know more about why yeah. and the specifics. Cause obviously it was a new program. So he wanted the, the market feedback, you know? So you've been a good source of feedback to him. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of work in marketing and I know that one <laughs> thing you want is you need, you need, you need feedback. Yeah. So the reason I did it was if he's starting something new, I thought you you need this information, but I think I did it in a way that made him laugh. And he was like, oh, that sounds cool. The kind of things Greg Owen's been doing these sorts of things on the beach before his eats fears, but, but people were laughing at him, weren't they? Do you know what? Yeah. I think we all owed Greg Owen. We all owe him a huge apology. Cause I remember <laughs> at one of the comps in Langman seeing him by the huts doing this. And we were all elbowing each other going, look at the state of this fella. <laughs> But then, but then he's got more trophies than all of us, so he can he has a laugh, laugh there. But. Yeah, amazing. Chris Fowler, thank you very much for coming on Crest in partnership with Elusive. So, Brad, you've said Chris is very much the sort of surfer Wave Key is aimed at. He's got that decent level of ability, but also he's got like a serious office job and a, a busy family life. That means he doesn't get in the water as much as he'd like to. Um, but where did you first get that idea for Wave Key? Uh, from myself, uh, uh, right. I, I was, I want to do other things besides serve. And I found mm. that if I got away from serving for too long, then my surfing would deteriorate. And then it, it would make me feel in a way like a, a small bit of uh, sort of depression in a way of like letting go of something that I really love. And mm. so then I either have to keep doing it all the time in order to keep it or I got to let it completely go and forget about getting better or something, which I wasn't prepared to do. 
And I just was like, uh, you know, like, and I also, I also just thought, God, there must be so many other people out there that are, I mean, I guess what I feel is that wave key keeps me connected to surfing. I feel connected to my last surf, which my last surf was maybe three weeks ago. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've surfed. I've just, I've got two kids under, under five. My wife has her own business and we're just like, it's the way it's been. We moved. I mean, it's just the time of life where I just, I see going surfing right now is taking too long. (laughs) It's like, you know, and, um, and so, uh, but I do wave key daily. Sometimes I do a little, sometimes I do more. Sometimes I'm doing it through my teaching or whatever, but I feel connected to surfing so that next time I do go surfing, I won't be, I won't be too far off. I won't be embarrassing. I won't embarrass myself. I'll have it. I'll have fun, you know, and that's the point. I want to have fun when I go surfing. Yeah. Now I have high expectations of myself <laughs> because of how I know I can surf. So that makes it hard yeah. mentally for me if I go surfing and I don't surf well. It's like, was that even fun? So I kind of started to think, I mean, I, other people must have that kind of thing that they they were serving when they were younger and served pretty good. And then they stopped because of an injury or a job situation, a family or who knows, whatever. Or they had to move away from the beach, but they still love surfing, want to, uh, you know, everything. And uh, I, I, I just thought, you know, um, there's also a belief that after a certain while, you don't get any better. And I believe that you it's it's what that you do get better you can get better by practicing you can get better you get more sensitive and and that more and that sensitivity is what allows you to tap into the power of the wave even if it's only a little wave without a lot of power it's almost like the less that you do uh, the more you can feel the wave and the more you can feel the wave the more you can do and that doing is kind of what makes surfing fun and so yeah, I just kind of kept thinking like, God, this would be great for that guy. This would be great for that lady. That'd be great for this. That'd be great for the kid. That's like, man, I just want to, I can't get to the beach as much as I want to get to, but you know, like, and also all the technical things of, you know, like no leaf, like not leaning over and you're a kid and you're just yeah. starting to serve. If you know not to lean over and you start bottom turning, like without leaning, you'll, you'll start to get good quicker than people that are leaning over and just like, I just felt like there's so much out there that is unclear and it's abstract and it's like, do this, put your arm this way. And it's like so much more than that. It's, it's gotta be instinctual. And I just, yeah, I just felt like, you know what, this is the, this is what people, and people also can, could, they can have this, they can make Wakey their own. They don't have to, I don't have it in there where you have to copy me and you have to do it exactly how I do it. It's like, it's just that these are the things that go in to, you know, a, to a solid bottom turn. These are the things that go into a, a, a top turn. You do them how you want to do them. You make wave key your own, but it's your own thing. Kind of like you're like, well, I do yoga. Well, I do BJJ. Well, I do this. I do that. I do this to stay fit. I do this to stay fit. But like Wakey's actually skill development. It's the learning yeah. method. Each time you practice, you learn something new about yourself. It might be might be minuscule. 
Sometimes it might be like a big light bulb, like, whoa, I really felt that. And then I, what yeah. I get from my students, uh, Taro sent me a text yesterday or, you know, just saying, you know, I just want to let you know, like, man, I'm so glad you're in my life. I probably don't say that to you enough. Uh, I, you know, but I just want you to know, like, every time you do a session, I have a new excitement for surfing. And that's, that's it. If you have a new excitement for surfing and you live far from the beach, you're going to maybe try to figure out a way to get to the beach because you have a new excitement for it rather than like, I'm just going to go. Exactly. You know, like, uh, you know? And so that, that's where the, that's where the drive is, is to help people enjoy what they fell in love with, you know? And, yeah. you know, I, I, if I can help that and, and be an answer and have answers. Like I, 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 I've yeah. got, I, I don't think I have all the answers, but if you hit me with a question that I can't answer, my attitude is yes. That's a question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. Great. Thanks. I'm going to go fucking find it, you know, rather than Just uh, yeah. make up something yeah. or be like, I'm going to go. Yeah. But I feel like I can answer yeah. Because I'm a, I'm I'm training, coaching, watching the very very best in the world, and feel like I can help them, like can help them do better in these parts and these parts and these parts. So anybody below that, it's much easier for me to to help. They're they're just easy. They're they're more yeah. blatant. They're more. It's more obvious to me. Like oh yeah, I felt that before. Oh yeah, I remember making that. Oh yeah, okay. You know, it's just whether the person that's Anybody who's going to sign up for Wave Key is somebody who wants to surf better, you know. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. The the that's very much a lot, a lot of the things that Chris Fowler feels as well. You know what Taro was sending you that text, and Chris Fowler was sort of saying that it, you know he's the most excited he's been about surfing in his life. You know, and as you as you hear in the package, you know Chris is a guy who you know he you know he won a big contest here back in the nineties. You know, and he you know he, he's. A, He's been, you know, a really committed, keen surfer when he was younger. And then he said, you know, now in sort of, uh, I think we used the word vintage, you know, a surfer of his vintage is now, uh, you know, excited and frothing like a grom. Um, he, he, Chris told me, look, he said, you know, you've got to, you've got to do this a few nights in a row in a flat spell and then get in the water um, and, and feel the difference, you know. Um, People always laugh at me, Brad, because I do surf a lot, and I I go surfing for like twenty minutes when it's terrible and things like that, you know. And 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 then um, I I did um surf like one foot slop um after doing the uh, the back the backside takeoff form for a few days, um and I really did immediately notice like a speed out of the blocks, and this was because I was thinking uh well I wasn't thinking I was doing this uh, you know I had been thinking about centering my gravity um coming down on that outside foot and that idea of thinking about where the rail is and that relationship between the pad of my foot and the pressure that's been exerted on the rail and and rhino you had a look at the the backside uh, takeoff form as well didn't you you know i did and and um it was interesting as well because you you meant what you were talking earlier about that surfboard you know my, my your then for firstly your then my doc lausch board and i forgot another really important part of that design that you guys came up with was the flat deck. I was just remember you said it earlier and, and I forgot about that. The flat deck, this idea that your foot is not sort of having to curl around a dome deck and then needing to press that little bit more to exert pressure on the rail. By having your deck completely flat, immediately any rotation that you put into your foot is going straight into the rail. And it's really what I found fascinating with the with WaveKey is the way that all of that acute 
thought about pressure and weight and the rail and buoyancy and the reaction of the rail is combined with this kind of like uh, mindset and physical exertion that kind of feels like a martial art. Um, and and is that was that the plan to bring that kind of the mindset idea of the martial arts together with um, the idea of what what it would mean on a surfboard when you stood on one? Well, to define it more, it's just the relationship to your feet is the most important relationship for a surfer because that is the only body part that touches the that touches the surfboard. That's it. It's the bottom of your feet. So your relationship to your feet has to be on the highest level that you can make it. And so all of wave keys, the guide is your feet. You are your own guide going, okay, you can tell, hey, if I lift my chest up a little bit, I can get more pressure on my toes. Uh, if I sink my chest a little bit, it allows me to go down into my heels more. Am I holding myself here? Am I this? What is it? And then you you ask yourself the question, and then you you go, what am I doing? What, where's the pressure on my feet? Oh, that'd be exactly where it would be just before I did a cutback. Okay, that'd be exactly where I'd be just as I'm finishing the top turn or I'm finishing the bottom turn. I, and you start to get this relationship awareness with your feet, and that translates into the surfboard. And that's what you want. You want it from the bottom up, not from the top down. And so you don't read it with your mind and go, okay, bottom turn. Now do this and drop down here and twist and do that. You don't do that. You, you, you just know. You feel it from below, and, and, the, and you feel like, oh, oh the, the board just unweighted, and I can, I, I'm awaiting the board as I'm going down the set for this bottom turn. I'm doing, you know, you're doing all this stuff at such a high speed. There's no, there's no way you can think, put my arm here and do that. This is why I don't believe in like a, a lot of the coaching that's like, put your arm here and do this and do that. <clears throat> and then back to the, the, the flat deck of the surfboard. The other thing to add to what you say is, your foot is closer down to the, your, your feet are closer to the water. You're, 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 you, if you're up, up here, you're higher and farther away from the water. And so when you yeah. have an old surfboard that's your favorite surfboard, you put dents in it. And by putting those dents in it, you're yeah. closer down into to the water. You're, you, it's yeah. a physical law. You're lower, you're lower down in there. You can feel it more. So everything around Wake is designed to increase your sensitivity, to increase your feeling, because through your feeling is how you can how, how you can control the board and how you know what to do with the wave, rather than it being like some set of instructions or kind of like, could you imagine being in like a pro, like a fight, and, and you have to think about like, okay, the, the trainer said, okay, keep my hands up. And then the trainer said, you know, when he does this flinch, I got to do this and I got to do that. You just be like, <laughs> you boom, you get knocked out in a second because you, it all has to be instinctual. So, so I'm helping people with wave key because it's slow. It's in slow controlled like place where your brain can capture the information and go, ah, oh, that's how I go down and get closer to the surfboard. Not just the vague, get close to the surfboard. How do I get close to the surfboard? What, you know, and that's what we go through because being close to the surfboard is how you're going to have the most control. That's why bodyboarders can take off later than surfers because they're close to the board. They're so close to the board that they, 
They don't get bumped off it. You know, it's all designed, or, and so your body has to have a certain level of mobility and, you know, and, and flexibility. But if the only time you're asking yourself to do have the mobility and flexibility is when you're surfing or you're, you're slightly doing some other yoga, you're like, what kind of mobility? What kind of flexibility? So through WaveKey, you can tell that if, that if you're, you know, that if, you're, if, 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 you're, if you go down here and it hurts, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But I, I guess I need to like, okay, okay, am I doing it right? Like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, okay. Oh, I guess I need to kind of ease into that and my nervous system has to get used to it. And, and it gives me a motivation and sort of a, a yardstick or a measuring stick that, well, I, I need to get more mobile. And then I mean, I'm more mobile on the land and then I can get more mobile in the water. And, 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 and that way, I, I hope that that seems to make Makes sense. It's very deep. And then it goes down. I go down into energy, energetic, energetically projecting. And this is something my dad, because of his diving, because of his diving, he's got the background of like, okay, so you do this dive, but how do you project, how do you project power and beauty and that extra thing? And it, it, it's, it's internal. It's, it's mental and, yeah. and, and it, it's kind of metaphysical. And so, Going in that place by practice and doing it with practicing the wave key, like one of the things I do is I, before I do the takeoff, and I didn't add this to the, um, the, the fundamentals one um, uh, because I hadn't developed it yet, but is I take a, a second to flatten my entire body on the ground and just see if I can see if I can get see if I can just let all the tension out of my body, and then I begin the takeoff. What I what, by doing that, what happens to me when I'm surfing is a wave. I have an opportunity to catch a wave, and if you're like me, you know that moment is like fuck yeah, it's almost gonna happen, and I yeah. get excited, and I'm like fuck, fuck, you know. So shit, kind of like there's adrenaline also by me practicing this like zone. It gets me in a much more. I have much more access to my body. I'm not tense. I'm not, and I catch waves easier. And I also start my process of taking off with a lot more aplomb or, or just poise, poise, you know, and that, and that itself makes it easier for me to get my feet in the right spot. It's, it's a domino, you know, and um, hey, dude, you don't have to, you, you know, you can kind of be like, hey, I don't need to do an air reverse because I'm so fucking psyched on taking off on a wave and yeah. making it as buttery yeah. as I fucking possibly can. Because when you think about it, like this for me, like I, I'm watching, I, I pal out it. I fell out at, at, at D-Ball over here and, and there's Mick Fanning taking off and, and I watch him take off and he just goes, and he looks like, you know, it looks bitching, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I look at, I look at, and I know right away, I mean, obviously I know it's Mick Fanning, but then I'll see another person and they'll take off and they look real fluid and I go, well, that guy surfs good or, well, that girl can surf good, man. She's got, the takeoff is your first point of like, you know, recognizing, yeah. oh, that's a good surfer, you know, so. Anyway. Cool. Yeah, Brad. The um, the more demanding forms of wave key, you 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 start dealing with like combos, and is is that again because of your belief in the importance of like linking turns together? Yes, yes, yes. I, it's totally because you are. I don't know about you, but if you catch a wave and you do one really good turn on it, but there's you leave you in order you do that one good turn, but then the wave passes you by, and you realize you could have got two more. You kind of 
how yeah. is that one good turn? You know, <laughs> you kind of want to be like, shit, I could have yeah. kept going on that thing, you know, and just the connectivity, the, the feeling of being connected to the wave going from turn to turn to turn is usually you kick out of those things going, that was fun. And, and, and yeah. I think there's a lot, there's not a lot of light around sort of, like I said earlier, the spaces yeah. in between, or what do you do after the turn to get yourself, you know, in this, position to be able to move to the next turn fluidly and yeah. that's where i think people can can continue to get continue to get better no matter what age they are you know um mm. so uh wave key subscribers also get to attend various uh, events uh, and seminars you know where where you do sort of live streams and you do talks about different areas of surfing and really breaking it down uh, and chris fowler has told us that while we've got you here brad before you go for your dinner um that uh we've got to try and pick your brains for a surf tip each before we get off air so rhino and i have both had a little think about our our single biggest issue with our own surfing um and uh and we were going to ask you about that um so i i think mine is probably shared by many right i i am a tall lanky guy i'm all limbs Uh, i've spent my entire surfing life ashamed of these limbs and wanting to get rid of them um so so what is the best way of making sure that I can that I can rein those limbs in when I'm surfing, or do I need to rein them in? Is this something I could be doing with them? You know, uh, that yes. The thing with the limbs is, if you if you've ever watched ice skating, when they first start doing the turn, when they start doing a a, a twirl, uh, the arms are out wide. And the arms being out wide, it, it starts, it mean, it's a slower turn. Right? And then by the time they turn around and they pull the arms in, they start spinning faster. So there's time when you're riding smaller waves uh, or you're going to do a tighter turn. You might want to have your arms closer to your body in the sense of not just putting them at your sides, but, but maybe you know, one is straight up and one straight down. And this movement right here is going to be faster than this movement right here. So you, yeah. uh, so that, um, for instance, if you're going to go up and do a top turn, a frontside top turn and a little wave, you know what I mean? You, you, you might want them to be like, you know, one, one's going towards the sky and one's going towards the water. It allows you to be like, it allows you to turn your torso real fast. You know, so the limbs, it's not so much, it's just that you're probably got your limbs out here when you want your, you know, when you want to go fast, you're trying to speed up your, 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 um, your torso, but it's, it's, it's really difficult if your arms are way out. That's why people, when you're riding big waves, uh, you know, you're not doing as much vertical stuff. You're having your arms out wide like this makes a nice, long, slow, long drawn right yeah and a cutback is kind of a big as a slower wider turn so arms way out uh uh looks cool now you can also during the turn as you're going like this you can also finish them up with like that you know what i mean you can do all kind you can do all kinds of things but when you want to make tight turns you need you, you need your arms to be close to your close to your body basically um and that's the physical right. law um practice that in wave key so that you go okay i'm gonna like visualize a small are you natural foot or goofy i'm a natural yeah so i'm gonna visualize a small right i'm gonna go down do the bottom turn um you know what i mean i'm gonna twist 
I'm going to twist, and then I'm going to imagine doing this tight top turn. So you just bring them up like straight up like that, and you just, you know, uh, if it's more of like a down the line turn, you don't need to. You actually won't be doing it like that. That that actually make you turn. You want it to. That's why you see people with a little lower uh, balance point for like for more of a horizontal turn. Yeah, it's amazing. You mentioned a physical law. That's actually what stopped people from believing that the world, that the that the Earth went round the sun for like a millennia or something, was that idea you were just saying with your arms really far out, is that if you want to turn what's in the centre, if everything that's outside is far away, that has to turn so much faster and so much harder. And uh, yeah, that that was literally what what made Nicholas Copernicus realise that uh, that the Earth went round the sun was. Uh, was the fact that the stars couldn't be spinning because they were too far away from our centre of gravity. Yeah. So you're talking about like cosmic stuff there. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what's cool about physical laws. You know what I mean? And um, and the you know with a uh, with diving, you got to like step out there and you got to start somewhere. And then and your arm and and they use their arms. They use their they use their arms yeah. and and their body to spin to spin into the turn. And then the arms have to come in tight when they do the they never do spins, fast spins with the arms out here. The only time the arms are way out mm, here is with yeah. the swan dive, or um, you know what I mean. They just, or at the very beginning of the dive. So uh, yeah. it's your also with arms. The the other thing that you'll note, um, and this will make a lot of sense to you over the years you watch a lot of surfing, is that most of the surfers really aren't moving their arms. They are the arms are somewhat in a stationary place, and then the and the body is moving. And so, for anybody who's kind of a intermediate or beginner or you know in that zone, the first thing to do is to hold the arms in a way that is kind of a little bit like almost like you're fencing in a way, or you're holding one arm's holding an umbrella, the other arm is holding a holding a a, a sword. You know, and, and so you're kind of just, and you just leave them, you just hold, you don't hold them stiff or fist or anything like that. The, 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 the best, the best thing I ever heard was my Aikido sensei said it was, it was more about as if you were, you know, if you've gone to a hose, you turn the hose on and then the water's running through the hose, you can still bend the hose, but there's energy going through the hose. Right. So that's how you hold yeah. the arms. They're relaxed, but if you, but you hold them like that so that when your body turns, they you know what I mean? This is what's happening all the time. The body is turning because if they're going like this and your body's turning and they're going, they, they weigh a certain amount. So they'll throw you off. They'll throw your timing off. So mm. what I learned was when my timing was off is I would hold my, and I still do it today. If my timing's off, I just hold my arms like just kind of still. And I'll, and then, and then it allows me to like, Oh, there, there's the center of my body. Okay. And then I kind of start to let them go a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's that's a long. I, I hope that kind of helps you out there. Oh yeah, more than conscious of keeping you from your dinner, Brad. I don't know if you've got a moment for Rhino's yeah, question sure. before yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. So Brad, really, like I, I, I'm thinking about the grommets as well, uh, as well as myself actually. And I'm, you know, I watch the, the a lot of the grommets down the beach, and uh, a, a lot of them just seem to race down the line instead of actually perhaps concentrating on trying to hit the lip they seem to be missing that first section but how, how do you how do you get the grommet 
to sort of be focused on the lip and actually really get more vertical, you know, more to like the 12 o'clock position? Uh, well, that is in the, it, that starts prior to the bottom turn. So prior mm -hmm. to the bottom turn, the torso twists in the opposite direction that the, um, that the surfboard is going to build tension, to build it, it's it's a it's an intentional tension, right? So you twist the opposite direction, and then and then when you're in the bottom turn, and I explain this through wave key, you, that's when you drive and extend and twist the body towards the top turns, and it, it twists from the hips. The mm -hmm. upper body has to be pretty has to be relaxed and not tense, and uh, it, it, there's an extension going on and then to hit the lip the body the the body has to um the chest comes up as you go on up towards as you finish the bottom turn and then the chest has to sink down so that so that the tailbone can come underneath and so that the back of the ribs can open up so that the knees can easily come into the chest because if the chest is open like this, I can only see. I can only get my knee. I can only get my knee this close if my chest is. As soon as I sink my chest, it comes in. Yeah. See, it's yeah. getting the body to do that in, like, so that so that all the body parts are doing it in symphony. So that by the time you come around and and you're 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 bringing your knees into your chest, you're already looking at in at the next at the at where you're going next. Mick Fanning's pretty incredible at this taro's very very good at this i spent a lot of time with taro twisting the bottom turn and looking at the, looking at seeing how far his body will twist and then mm. there's it's a super complex turn the front side top turn is super complex um and it just requires it, it helps when you know intellectually what to do you yeah. practice it in slow motion, your brain gets a hold of it and you realize, wow, I actually, even though there's a lot to this, I have to not try to do it. If I force it in any way, it's like cutting off. It's almost like if you're driving a car and you, and, and, and as soon as you, if you, if you try to accelerate without shifting into the right gear, it won't go any faster, even though you're going, ah! it yeah. won't go any faster. <laughs> That's kind of what the body yeah. does. It just, it just tight. It contracts, and that has that has kind of a lot to do with with um, with secure like that that nerve system security. Your nervous system will just shut down on you because it's it's like you're gonna hurt me. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. clam up on you because you're gonna hurt me. And it depends if you're you know based on your past in injuries and things like that. But that's what I see, and that has a lot to do with how I learned. I I learned a lot through Feldenkrais. Which is, a, which is a lot of brain, nervous system, how the body works in symphony, you know, so that so that you can deliver what you want to deliver. So yeah, um, I, I I think that I, I I there's a lot to that one, but you know, I hope that yeah, it's my total scientific way out there guru stuff, but um, it is teachable. Yeah. Okay, Brad. I've, I know you've got, uh, you need to show off, but I'd like to offer you, got to offer up a big thanks to you on behalf of Crest in partnership with Elusive. It's been an absolutely amazing experience picking your immense surfing brain, Brad, and diving into your world. It's been incredible. Thanks very much. And actually, what's the best way of finding WaveKey for our listeners if their curiosity has been aroused? 
Uh, it's just wavekey.com, and um, I'm happy to offer a, a 10% discount to anybody that um, signs up through you guys. I'll give you guys a code and Sweet. two ways of paying for it. You pay for it, you can pay for the whole year, which I recommend because it is a year course. Okay. And, you know, if you've been serving for any amount of time, you know it's a really, it, no one's going to be able to tell you how to rip in two weeks. Like it, it takes time. But so I go through mm. all, everything. Uh, take off, bottom turn, top turn, cut back, tube ride, floater, and a basic air, front side and back side within the year. And I also am uh, do a live streams that put nuances into these into these different uh, forms. And the forms all tie together so you can do them in a flow. And um, you know, it's kind of a thing that you learn and do. 10 to 15 minutes a day. And, and if you can do it like 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening, that's probably even better. You don't have to, you don't have to, this isn't one of those, you know, try to do a thousand sit-ups. It's, it's more like if you do seven quality movements, you know, that's how your nervous system starts to get to know it. And you can basically get to know this stuff so much that it becomes a part of you. And that's what you want. You don't want to be thinking. Um, but if you do have, but if you do make, make, like for me, when I when I make mistakes, I actually know. I'm like, oh, I know what I did, which is what you probably saw yesterday on the Olympics when Illo had that semifinal, made a lot of mistakes, fixed things in the final. You know, there's just that, like, just I mean, Kanoa, he 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 too in the semifinal did that corrupt, couldn't make it, then he came back and adjusted and made that big air. He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. Um, <laughs> and uh, and anyway. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, just to say for the last thing that the combinations are, are really good for flow and they move, yeah. you move from your front foot to your back foot, to your back foot, to your front, you go back and forth. And that's all based on control and speed uh, and harnessing the power of the wave from. Yeah. And as we can see there, if you're lanky, then uh, you or, or you're looking to get more vert then you've had a freebie to start off as well uh, guys so uh, yeah definitely head on over to wavekey and and have a look at that we're always keen, keen to hear anything you have to say listeners uh, and we can of course pass comments to the wavekey guys possibly via chris fowler as we know that uh, brad's a busy man looks like you've got a lovely bit of dinner going for you there shortly brad thanks again very much brad we're really appreciative of your time uh, this morning here in wales afternoon in uh, in australia so uh, yeah thanks to Jochen Vauer, as we say in wales so any comments ideas tales please do get in touch either by emailing us at castcrest at gmail.com or via our twitter or instagram pages crest is available through google Podcasts, spotify apple and youtube and if you like what you hear then please subscribe and review plenty of back issues to catch up with and thanks again to brad and thanks to all our listeners see you soon thank you bye And there you have it. What an amazing insight into surfing. Brad is a true professor of our sport. As mentioned earlier, to access that 10% discount, simply enter the promo code WAVEKEYCREST, all in lowercase, no spaces at the WAVEKEY checkout. And good to our word, Tom and Vaughny will still be catching with Greg Owen in time for the 6th of September. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Mm-hmm.